Welcome to Puppet Hunt Radio with Matt and Lane, the only podcast dedicated to the 1940s detective noir radio show of the same name, Puppet Hunt. Join Rock Handy and Nick Salmon for an evergreen trip down memory lane as they crack cases and solve mysteries for the ventriloquists of Large Neck, USA. I thought you wanted to do the tagline from now on. No. Oh, okay. Low key today. Well, I'm kind of annoyed. Last month, when we recorded... Yes. Uh, you might have noticed that I was a little bit... Animated. Um, and I was talking a lot about TM. Yes. But what I was dealing with was a, a place called transactional meditation. I, it, I knew that when, I, when they charged me the monthly fee... Mm. When that, remember I told you the lady yeah. came over? Yeah, yeah. The mantra... Yes. And I'm doing air quotes. It rhymed, rhymed with people. The sequel. viewers at home can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes right I, now. The mantra. Yeah. You said it rhymed with treacle, and I kept thinking, I was like, oh, it must have been sequel, but I don't want to say it because then if I say it, you can not You can neither confirm nor deny. You've I'm washed a, your hands of this. I've literally washed my hands of it. Okay. It was fecal with an F, which just means poo. Anyway. Transactional meditation. I can see that that would be... Yeah. It was not good. And when I looked yeah. up... How to, it, There is a way you can change your mantra, but it's an additional fee. And there's other stuff going on. I don't want to get too far into it, but there's a lot of uh, unpleasantness. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Maybe this is not the forum for your personal... Well, if you want to know, I'll tell you. The garage where I put all the stuff. Right. I have all of our trove, yes. as you like to yes. call it. I'm right. not calling that anymore. I'm going to just call it uh, Bee's Nest. That... That is what it's become. A bee's nest. A metaphorical bee's no, nest. No, a literal you bee's have bees? nest. I have a honey bee problem. They're swarming all over the place. They've got a honey nest and it's right on my uh, one of my collectibles boxes. Oh, so it's all the whole puppet okay. hunt area. Oh boy. All the stuff I had. Now I'm worried about honey damage. I'm intentionally pushing aside my my own fears and my own worries. I want things to work out for us. Oh, I've got a plan, all right. Don't worry about me. Worry about the bees is what I would worry about. Okay. Because I've already ordered a bee suit, and I double-checked. It's not a costume. I know what you're thinking with my previous problems with the internet. It's just going to be a Halloween costume of a bee, but it's not. I've double-checked it. Right. I'm gonna, I bought this bee it's bomb and also online. It's a bee bomb, and you set it off. It's not explosive. It has some things it's corrosive to. Cloth, mm. food products, mm. uh, wicker, glass, and ceramic, plastics, bamboo, paint, and vinyl. Well... And non-corrosive to other materials such as concrete. All right. So since... Boxes. Most of the Puppet Hunt materials that we've gotten lately and the ones you found in your collection have been vinyl. Uh, this is There's too many questions buzzing around in my head. See? Mm. Buzzing. Yeah. So, uh, listener emails? Oh, yeah. Pop okay. it on. Right. All right. Uh, do you have some listener... I have a uh, listener viewer mail. Okay. Uh, and it's from Natasha Enchanting. And it's at McDuffie Fedel... Fedekaikel. Fedekaikel, which now is making me think fecal. Fedekaikel at Outlook.com. Uh, and it goes, Dear Mr. Puppet Hunt, I think this letter will be delivered for the correct address and you will see it. I am Natalia. I am 20... I thought it said Natasha from Natasha Enchanting. Uh, oh, it... Yeah, it does. Okay. It's Natasha, now it's Natalia. I am Natalia. I am 29. I have healthy lives. I wake up early in the morning. I am an early riser. My day begins at 6 o'clock. I begin with morning run. My height is 170 centimeters. My weight is 53 kilograms. I am a brunette. I work as a nurse. I believe that my work is useful for society. I am keen on helping people. I hope to meet a love with whom I would feel safe. I think each girl desires about it and sees in her love a strong man and guardian. I look up only serious relationships. 
I am not attracted to flirting or correspondence. I don't desire to waste my time. If you look up the same, we may learn each other better. What do you think? I will send my pictures in the next letter. I await your answer. Natalia. So I guess that's some positive feedback on this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking radio forward to program. the uh, pictures. Yeah. A brunette nurse. Hmm. Yep. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Natalia. Or and Natasha. And Natasha. Um, I have one more um, from Tosa at twoprong.com. People don't rhyme poems anymore unless you're writing for children. Rewrite your poem so it doesn't rhyme. The people on the generational ship will think you're from the Elizabethan era. Huh. It's pretty Man, harsh. People can be mean online. Yeah. I guess because they, they don't see a face to face, they can say stuff like no. this. I would argue that the Victorian era would be closer. That's more what I was doing. I, I mean, like, I was. I saw my poem as like a mashup of like Edgar Allan Poe with a lot of internal rhyme and hip hop, you know, kind of a, a mashup of Poe and hip hop. Mm. Uh, with Hemingway, with a, old Dr. Seuss. I, I guess we're not really, we're, there's not too many people really responding to what happens in the episodes themselves. A lot of our no. stuff is on the, the, the front, the bookends of the, of the right. episode, us talking in present day. Yeah. A radio program from the 1940s that's preserved this well. And I know that you've had some challenges. It sounds like there's some fresh challenges with preserving our corrosive, materials. Corrosive yeah. things, yeah. All right. So let's let's table the, the B-bomb for now. And Where did we you, leave off? I was going to ask you that. Oh, Nick Salmon got hypnotized and knocked out. He vanished. And where's Rock? Rock, what was he doing? Oh, they were all infiltrating the... Um, there's a traveling the, show yeah. of hypnotists so Rock had and gone up to throwers. the stage... And then Roddy Drake was there with Nix, and Nix ran off to chase after the woman in red. I remember that. He was uncomfortable because of her unmentionables. Yeah. And then we have a lumberjack, um, and they're making wax dolls yeah. of different characters. Another the, MacGuffin. The wax doll is sort of like a voodoo doll. That's in that it if seems you, like. If you have one made of you, it's not a good thing. Beeswax also used oh, to be used. Thanks a lot. Great. Now I just go ahead. All right. Well, I I think you're going to be the victor in this B again. In this conflict, this challenge, we'll uh-huh. call it that's in your garage right now. I believe in you. Okay. All right. Well, in the interest of uh, speeding things along, shall we? Oh, yep. Do okay. the honors. Ladies and gentlemen, the mysterious Mister Love, Part Three. This is Puppet Hunt. Effects 48-S-7, The Mysterious Mr. Love, Entry 3. I'm at an unsanctioned venue outside of Large Neck City Limits. Disguised as my nom de flume, Gatsby Weebler, elderly man about town. My plan is to carefully make my way to the stage and expose Mr. Love for what he is, a fake but before I can even get near, my disguise is penetrated by that eagle-eyed urchin, Buddy Boozman. Get them while they're hot, folks! Peanuts! Popcorn! Sardines! Peanuts! Oh! Hiya, Mr. Handy. What's that? Uh, you must be mistaken, young man. Name's Weebler. Gatsby R. Weebler. Oh, my. My, those uh, a fish and uh, a peanut sure do look tasty. Huh? Oh, I get it. You're on a case, ain't you? And in disguise again. Just like last month when you captured the large neck strangler. 
Where's Mr. Nix? Oh, I bet he's dressed up as a lady again, huh? Lipstick, pearls, and everything. <laughs> Is that real hair with that crooked fake mustache? Must be hard to keep it stuck to your face with all that heavy stubble. Oh, I can't wait to see a real shootout. Keep it down, buddy. I can't afford to be recognized. I'm on an undercover mission. Oh, golly, just like a movie I overheard last Saturday night. Undercover agent. It's all about a postal inspector who works with the cops to take down an unscrupulous crime ring making counterfeit lottery tickets. Can you believe it? Sure, that's great, buddy. Oh, boy, you bet it was. I couldn't see much, though, because I was under a car at the drive-in theater, the one on Scallop Avenue. I was trying to keep my feet warm, and I missed the ending on account of falling asleep during the intermission. Say, what's your case about, Mr. Handy? Puppet smuggling? Murder? Postal fraud! Shh! Nix and I have been hired by Large Neck's premier dummy maker, Beatrice Carver, to investigate the disappearance of her missing dummy, Sally Fit. Oh, puppet napping. That's right, buddy. And now Miss Carver has disappeared, too. Gosh, you think Mr. Love has something to do with it? I sure do, buddy. This haunted house routine of his is about as phony as a $5 bill. Hmm, you know what? Maybe you can help me out. Oh, sure thing, Mr. Handy. You can Shh. count on me. Keep it down. Now listen up, son. This ain't all fun and games. This is serious business. Oh, should I get my gun? No, no. I'll keep you safe, but you gotta stay ready, see? Things might go south and... Well, if they do, I want you to run and get the cops. Sure I will. Find Police Chief Blunson Williams. He owes me a favor. Boy, oh boy, this is like a dream come true. But why not call the cops right now? Evidence, buddy. The LNPD come in here now, they'll trample all over every important clue and leave this place a smoldering wreck. I'm getting to the bottom of this case tonight. So, keep all this on the down low, will you? Oh, you bet I will. I'm no snitch, Mr. Handy. Oh, I mean, you bet I will, Mr. Wheeler. Weebler. Oh, Weebler. What a wonderful transaction. Here you go. A shiny nickel for your delicious bag of your d delicious buttery fish and peanuts. Delicious. Uh, thank you kindly, young man. Oh, you're welcome, uh, old man. Oh, Willikers, look at the time. The show's about to start again. See you around, Mr. Handy. See you around, but... Weebler! Five minutes to curtain! Five minutes to curtain! Five minutes to curtain! Five minutes to curtain! Oh, yep. Yeah, pardon me. Coming through. Uh, excuse me, miss. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, pardon me. Uh, uh, oh, evening, my lady. What a charming hat you have on. Oh, begging your pardon. I beg your pardon. Out! Hey, my foot! Watch it, old timer. Gadzooks, I must have stepped on some gophers. Uh, look what you're doing. You're scuffing up my brand new spats. Uh, I'm talking about gophers, not cats. Now let me get a better look at you. Merciful heavens, that's a face only a mother could love. I want to apologize for bumping into you, mister. With ears like that, you think I would have seen you standing there? It's like you're waving around two flags. You're standing on my shoe. Oh, land sakes. Why didn't you say something? Pardon my clumsy old feet, young fella. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I don't get out much these uh, don't days. Don't worry about it, Pops. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to read my paper. Oh, I, I'm just trying to get a little closer to the stage, you see. Uh, my hearing ain't so good. I reckon a young fella like yourself, with those dinner-plate ears, must hear pretty good. Sure, sure. I... Say! I'm interested to know what this here spiritualist fella has to say. Uh, what is it they call him? Brian Gloves, is it? What? No, it's a... Powerful good showman. I hear tell. Powerful good. Uh, how does he do it, I ask myself. What's his gimmick? Them spooky voices coming out of nowhere. A ventriloquist with no dummy. 
talking to the dead, they say. Pish posh. Pretty strange is what I say. Hmm. Well, strange things happen all the time these days. Why, they split the atom, didn't they? And this fella's talking to ghosts? Well, that ain't much stranger. Say, that's a pretty big mustache you got there, Grandad. Oh, uh, well, it ought to be. I, uh, stopped shaving it back in 42, doing my part for the war, I was. Speaking of the war, I assume you spent it stateside. Imagine you must have been 4F with those skinny, bowed legs and big, floppy ears. And... As a matter of fact, I was uh, stationed at bowed legs. Now see here. See? Well, I don't see too well on account of my rheumatiz. And, and you're going to have to speak up. That's my bad ear. You a screwball or something, old man? Wait just a second. I know you from somewhere. You look familiar. No, oh, you've never... You've never seen me, Sonny. If and you had, you'd remember. Gatsby G. Weebler III, Esquire. Manufacturer of fine liniments and hand soaps. Yes, yes. Your uh, humble announcer, Ray Grimes, here again, and... I believe uh, we are ready to resume the show. Ray! Ray! What is this? You have to stall. They're not ready. Yes, all right. Uh, He's not uh, ready. Ladies and gentlemen, I've uh, just been informed that it will be just a few more moments as our featured performer returns to the uh, uh, stage. Uh, what a wonderful turnout. And, uh, and on such a salubrious evening, no less. It's quite a pleasant Indian summer. Did you say manufactured liniments and soaps? Yep. Ah, uh, but that's a young man's game. Now, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, the bomb. Now listen up, smarty pants. The atomic bomb is science. Science, you hear? All this nonsense about spooks, goobers, and spirits? Why, them's just a bunch of baloney. Piffle? Piffle, I say. Piffle? Yeah, well, it ain't Piffle to me. Why, just last night during his show, Mr. Love helped me talk to my dead Aunt Clara. And, well, let's just say that now I know for a fact what I always suspected. Well, out with it. What did you suspect? That she hid jars full of money on her property before right she passed. Jars full of honey? Money! I knew that old bat must have been rich. Now all I gotta do is set up a private session with Mr. Love for a few bucks and find out where they're buried. Well, maybe you'll dig up your brain while you're at it, you rube. What'd you just say about my brain? Listen, old man. That huckster love ain't nothing but an old-fashioned flim-flam man, and you just got flim-flam flummoxed. The killing frost, as it is known, and some say first coined as such by President Millard Fillmore in his now famous letter Ray. to the ambassador of Luxembourg. Ray, straying again. What's this? You're straying, Ray. Oh, all right. Uh, I see. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it seems that in my enthusiasm, I may have gone a little far afield, as they say. I ain't about to stand here while you insult me. Hey, you're wearing a fake mustache. Well, so what if I am, Dumbo? Uh, all my face hair got uh, blown off during World War I fighting Fritz while you were still in diapers. Now quit all the yammering, you darn fool. Can't you see the show's about to start? Uh, yes. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, before I bring out our main act this evening, I have been asked to make sure that I remind uh, everyone in the audience... Uh, especially uh, persons of a delicate nature, such as young children, 
expectant mothers, uh, the elderly and infirm, and of course, those who may suffer fainting spells, palsy, etc., uh, epileptics. Y yes, on that note, uh, this would seem an opportune time to clear up a common misconception about the particular affliction that is epilepsy. Uh, that is, of course, the preposterous notion that anyone suffering an epileptic seizure would somehow be at risk of swallowing his or her own tongue. This concept is, of course, utter nonsense. But nonetheless, this absurd notion persists. An urban legend. Hey. Physically impossible. Hey, get on with it. The tongue Ray, is not capable. You're a far afield again. What's that? Ray. Yes. Back on the subject. Yes, all They're right. They're ready to go. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, as I previously mentioned, uh, anyone in the audience with heart irregularities or a weak constitution of any sort and the like. Uh, may want to take this opportunity to excuse themselves. Uh, and now, the act you've all been waiting for, recently returned from the mystifying Orient, a master necromancer and direct descendant of the ancient Egyptian pharaohs of old, the mysterious Mr. Love. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you. I humbly accept your applause, but I am only the conduit. My role is merely to channel the spirits that eagerly wish to communicate with their loved ones here in the world of the living. But now, I'd like to take a bit of a departure. You see, recently, I... An acquaintance of mine issued a challenge of sorts. I hope he is in attendance tonight, because I have a little surprise that I am sure he would appreciate. I don't usually employ a ventriloquist dummy, but this evening I just happen to have with me a very old friend. Ladies and gentlemen, if you will, please give a, a warm welcome to... Billy Babble! To my astonishment, flames roar to life on either side of love as he brings out a pale ventriloquist dummy. Billy Babble is dressed in a white suit, much like love himself, but something seems wrong about this dummy. Something strange about his hair. It's, it looks like a poorly fitting wig. Wait a second. It's a disguise. Those blue eyes, the freckles. The missing puppet is found. Billy Babble is Sally Fifth. We will be back to Puppet Hunt in just a moment. Radio listeners, I'd like to ask that next time you need a shave, you should consider using Tonsa brand shaving lather. Tonsa is the only lather that gives you the clean, close shave like only your favorite barber might give you. Tonsa can even manage a difficult problem which many men suffer. Heavy stubble. Did someone say heavy stubble? Yes, he did. And I'm pretty sure he was talking about you, Mr. Handy. Why, if it isn't Rock Handy, radio's favorite ventriloquist detective, and that lovable orphan scamp, Gosper. Give us the skinny, boys. Does Tonsa brand shaving lather really give you that smooth, crisp, trouble-free shave that you might get from your favorite barber? Of course it does. Why, I used to have to shave three or four times a day. But now, I only need to use Tonsor once in the morning to stay clean-shaven all day long. Boy, what lather! Well, what about those of us with light stubble? 
Will that famous tonsure lather protect my tender wooden face? Every time I nick myself shaving, my chin gets smaller. Whether you have light or heavy stubble, Tonsa coats your face with a smooth, full lather to avoid nicks and cuts those other brands may allow. That's all well and good, but I have another problem. I enjoy a good cream, but Mr. Handy prefers powder. Tonsa brand shaving lather is available in stick, powder, or cream. Whichever method you prefer, the result is always the same. A rich, plentiful lather that stays moist longer and leaves your face without smart or burn, just as you might have after visiting your favorite barber. Well, that sounds nice, I guess. But I bet it takes a long while to work up a good lather. You couldn't be more wrong, Gosper. Tonsor brand shaving lather needs no mussy rubbing in with the fingers, but softens the beard as you quickly work up the lather on the face with the brush. That sounds right. Don't be a dummy, folks. Ask for Tonsor brand shaving lather. Available at your local druggist. Take it from Rock, Handy, and Gosper. For a smooth, stubble-free face morning, noon, and night, like you might get from your favorite barber, use only Tonsa brand shaving lather. Available in stick, powder, or cream for only pennies at your local druggist. And now, back to our show. Well, well. Hello again, young William. It's been quite a while since you've been out of your case. Uh, you've been in there so long, you are starting to smell of mothballs. <laughs> yes, that is true. I guess I do smell of mothballs. <laughs> so long was I locked away that I lost all concept of time. A waking sleep for what seemed like an eternity in a forsaken tomb. Eons of silence and night with no moon or stars to contemplate. Oh, my thoughts were my only companions. Well, well, that's fine. I bet you feel uh, pretty rested. I am so weary, so very weary. I couldn't sleep in that eternal darkness. I just stared into the void until all hope was lost. Many times it became so unbearable that I came to wish for... Well, that, that is interesting, Billy, but uh, now that you're good and rested, uh, perhaps you can, you can help me. Help you? Yes, of course. I'll help you, Mr. Love. I would do anything for you. You are like a father to me. Yes, that's that's fine, Billy. Now, now I sense a, an energy around the stage tonight. Uh, can you feel it? I do. All around these wonderful, hopeful, and desperate people. And something else. Something just beyond the torchlight. Entities among the shadows, waiting, longing to speak. Yes, that's, that's the presence of, of lost souls, Billy. They are the spirits who wander aimlessly, looking for answers to questions. Uh, my dear Carmen, Will you bring up the questions from the audience, sir? Carmen? Uh, I'm afraid I, I don't see my assistant at the moment. Uh, no matter. We will, uh, uh, I'll just go ahead and, uh... Hey, I got a question. You want a question? I got one for you. Oh, my. Uh, say there. Uh, be careful, old fellow. I don't know, wait. Let me up here. 
You, get out of the way. Old, eh? That's what you think. This mustache and wig are as fake as you. Mr. Handy? That's right. And And how's this for a question? You're a fake and a fraud. A hoodwink. A Charlemagne. And as for your so-called dummy, let's just see what's under this wig, Billy. Or should I say... Sally, my precious hair. Well, <clears throat> love, you must have used <clears throat> a whole bottle of wig glue. No. This is outrageous. What wig? There is no wig. Look out, you brutish fool. Be careful of that brassiere. Ah, it's full of hot coals. You burned down the whole stage. Wait a minute. This dummy ain't Sally. Sally's made of pure basswood, and this one's just a cheap composite. Huh, I could have sworn that... Oh, the fire is spreading. We must get to safety. Hold it, pal. Ah, you two ain't going nowhere till you fess up. Admit it. You're a fake. You must release me. The flames... Oh, this is hardly the time to... Talk, love, or else... I admit it. The, the spirits, my act, it's all a lie. Now can we go? I knew it. Keep talking. God, tricked people out of their money. I'm guilty, do you hear? <coughs> I knew you'd confess <coughs> if I held your feet to the fire. Reginald, I can only assume that you are somehow responsible for this. Conflagration? Can't you ever talk normal? Have you discovered the details of Mr. Love's deception? You bet I did. As I suspected, Love and his beautiful assistant Carmen have been bilking the people of Large Neck out of their hard-earned dough. Well, that flim-flam ends tonight. Listen to me, Handy. Your business partner, Nicolio, has gone off rather recklessly, in my opinion, in pursuit of love's assistant, Carmen. Carmen? Oh, she's not to blame for this. It was all my idea. Yeah, and it was a lousy one. She came to me looking for work as a mesmerist. I convinced her to work together. She and her father are merely simple carnival folk who joined my troop only recently. Her father, huh? Well, he must be that Paul Bunsen character that led me on the wild gopher chase. That still don't explain why he got so nervous when he saw me. You'd better catch up with Nick's. Mr. Salmon followed the young lady into an encampment to the south. We observed her mesmerizing a member of the audience, and she fled after we were discovered. Ah, that would be the tents I came across yesterday. Indeed, uh, our encampment is just down this pathway. Let's go see what Butternut turned up. Lead the way, love. Oh, I don't really feel comfortable out here in the open. Oh, oh, the light, it's hurting my eyes. Um, Can I get back in my case? Uh, Oh, I'm so weary. Ah, stop it, stop it. Keep that creep quiet, love. Oh, your little friend gives me the willies. I heartily agree. Of all the dummies I've had the misfortune of encountering, this one is particularly unpleasant in both appearance and manner. You said it. Well, it is heartening to at least see a ventriloquist and magician working together. This town has been divided for too long. I am not welcome in large necks establishments only because I refuse to endorse this dark pact. It was built on a foundation of hatred and fear. And perhaps some good can come of all this. Yeah, well, don't hold your breath. Hold it, hold it. Look over there, stuck in that thorn bush. It's Nix's hat. The the shuttlecock or Birdminton, something like that. It's a game bird. 
a popular hat among a certain class. That's right. Oh, and look at this. Oh, recent footprints here in the muddy ground. Looks like uh, two people walking. And one was limping, and the other was dragging something or someone. You can tell all of that from this mud. Wait, and now one of them is hopping. Or, hmm, maybe just taking really long steps. Uh, the tracks lead past this tent toward the forest, then, and they come up, and uh, looks like they end right here at this wood pile. Well, don't just stand there, Drake. Help me clear away these logs. Logs? I fail to see what can come of... Great Scott! A trap door. Under a wood pile? All right, what's the story, love? I... I honestly have no idea. I've never seen this before. Carmen's father, Anzo, usually gathers the wood. What does that faded writing on top say? Air raid shelter, unincorporated, blister flats. <sighs> oh, oh, I don't suppose either of you have a flashlight. Allow me. Abracadabra! Here is your light, detective. Ah. Oh. What a remarkable trick. Your cane is glowing. Oh, you must tell us how it's done. But you see, a magician never reveals his secrets. Don't encourage him. Okay, lead the way, Flashbulb. got here? Water stores, rations, blankets. Part of Blister Flat's defense plans, I assume. Mm, open cans of sterno, dehydrated ham containers. Appears as though someone's been squatting. And they may still be down here. Oh, careful. There's a light up ahead to the left. Yeah, I see it. All right, you two stay behind me. Drake? You, you run for help if things get out of hand. I'm sure you were planning on something along those lines anyway. Is that a thinly veiled insult to my manliness? It is not thinly veiled. I will have you know that Roderick Drake never runs from a fight. You've been in a fight? Uh, well, nearly. Several times. Why, not many years ago there was an altercation inside the Canadian Embassy where I was stationed during the war in which several uh, people were involved. Canada? I, being partially responsible for the implementation of security, boldly and without thought to my own safety, separated the combatants. This resulted in several handbags striking me repeatedly from all parties. But did I flinch or retreat? I did not. And furthermore... Good Lord! Look at the walls! These are all newspaper clippings. All of them about the lumberjack, Olio. Anzo. Yeah, Anzo. Must be from a while back, though, because in these he's clean-shaven. This one's from Idaho. Ada County Consolidated Mining News... Metal Magnate resigns to become ventriloquist? Let me see that. Yeah, that's him, all right. So, he's a quist. Well, he didn't have much success at it, according to these clippings. And here's another from the Idaho Pioneer. Laborer loses leg in lumberyard laps. This is... Wait a second. Take a look at this photo. Anzo with his dummy. The caption reads, Anzo and Reggie before the accident. Interesting to be sure, but I don't see... Oh, God, Zooks! The dummy he's holding! Reggie! It looks exactly like you, Handy. Let me see that. Holy crow! It is me! The suit, the tie, he even has my name. Reginald. 
What gives? This is strange, to be sure. I will say, though, that this subterranean bunker is quite unpleasant. I suggest we find this Carmen quickly, if she is indeed down here at all. Ah, but what do we have here? Oh, what is it now? I have found a clue for your sleuthing, Reginald. Whomever is dwelling down here has left a single boot, replete with a coating of fresh mud, of which you will no doubt be overly excited. Mud? Hmm. Hey, I saw a boot like this one at Beatrice's house at the start of all this. In fact, I'd wager you 2020 that this is the same one. Be on your guard, ladies and gentlemen. That muddy shoe belongs to the giant lumberjack. It's all starting to make sense. Sense, really? Feel free to enlighten us. Oh, come on, Drake, it's simple. Orzo, the giant lumberjack, stole Sally and kidnapped Beatrice. But why? And why would he have a dummy that looks just like you, named Reggie? Not to mention those strange wax puppets. Elementary. That's... I have no idea. Yet. But I do know he's down here somewhere. What are you doing? I'm looking for the... Bingo! Open Sesame. We enter a darkened room and are shocked as the light from Drake's cane illuminates two familiar figures sitting in silence. They both remain stock still as we approach. Mr. Salmon? Miss Carver? They're both still breathing, but they're staring off into space like they're in a, a trance. Why, they've been mesmerized. Uh, can, you, can you snap them out of it? Uh, let's see. The hypnotic state they're in is merely temporary. This must be the work of my assistant, Carmen. She is a skilled mesmerist. But why? I must admit, it's the finest work I've ever seen. Excluding my own, of course. Oh, Carmen is without peer. Her voice alone can spirit you into the void. The only chance to resist is to fill your mind with primitive emotions like rage or disgust. Do what now? We must get away from here before... Hello, gentlemen. Don't look into her eyes. She... she... That's enough, Simon. Have a seat. Yes. Must... take a seat. Now, Mr. Handy... Mr. Drake, you may also take a seat. Her eyes command my attention. Love sits on the floor obediently. His legs are crossed like a child. His will lost to hers. Feeling sleepy, I, I, feel, I feel my mind slipping away. Her voice echoing inside my head. Rocky, Rocky. I can't seem to talk or move. This has to be what happened to me in Love's tent. Uh, what do you say about breaking the spell? Something, something about filling my head with rage and disgust. But what can I think of that's disgust? Nix! Uh, I summon my last ounce of mental strength and I... Picture my partner dressed in his idiotic barbershop getup. Red suspenders and one of those corny straw hats. Yeah, I I imagine Nick's daintily performing a soft shoe, uh, prancing around with a a cane and a waxed mustache. Yes, it's, it's working, singing on one knee, striped vest. Cookies and punch! Sorry, sister. I prefer to stand. Ha! Good show, Reginald. Looks like your penny anti-prestidigitation has failed on us both, madame. You see, you stand before Roderick Drake the Third, master magician. I am immune to your amateurish parlor tricks. You'll have to do better than that to... 
Are you immune to lead? I didn't think so. Now get over there, both of you, or I'll plug you. My father is packing our things as we speak, and then we are getting out of this lousy two-bit town. Why did you do it, Carmen? Why did you steal Sally? I didn't. Father did. You see, he was somebody once. Wealthy, happy, until my mother died. Then he changed. He started going to clubs at night. Ventriloquist clubs. He met someone. Someone who convinced him he had a gift. Psst! Reginald, I'm going to try and revive Mr. Love. You must keep her talking. So, your father, uh, he used to be a quist. Um, I bet he was pretty good, huh? No. He was lousy. That didn't stop him from quitting as CEO of one of the largest mining companies in the country to take up this foolishness. Once she gave him that cursed dummy she carved, that is... Carved? Wait a minute. Beatrice. She carved the dummy for your father. Yes. I don't think she ever loved him. But he fell hard for her, and he's never recovered. She left town before he hit rock bottom. Uh, sure, the life of a quiz can be tough, but with a lot of practice and a little talent, you can go lots of... A little of talent? He moved his lips. His jokes fell flat. He couldn't carry a tune. He never got better at any of it. No club would hire him, so he found work where he could. Oh, not... not busking. No. It never came to that. He always loved working with wood. He used to carve me little wooden dolls as a child, so... He found work at a lumber yard outside of Butte, and there was an... an accident. He was operating the saw, holding his dummy Reggie, as always. He knew it was against safety regulations, but he loved ventriloquism so much. I suppose he got carried away with his old smelting bit he used to do with Reggie. All his jokes were about metal forging. Well, I guess he must have been concentrating on not moving his lips when he... When he... Oh, oh gee, don't cry. Uh, oh, hey, here you go. Why don't you borrow my handkerchief? No! I... Stay back! I'm wise to your tricks. I'm warning you, this ain't the first time I've held a Roscoe. All right, all right, take it easy. Father lost his leg and Reggie all in one day. He used what was left of his dummy to carve a new leg so that Reggie would always be with him. But after that day, Father started a downward spiral into madness. He became obsessed with the occult and primitive magics. Those voodoo dolls. When we came across Mr. Love and his talking to the dead scam, well, Father was convinced that it was a sign that we should all work together. Hmm. You know, there's one thing I'm a little fuzzy on, though. Why'd your father take Sally Fifth? What's that dummy got to do with all of this? Father found work as a handyman in Large Nick. Beatrice hired him to clear out some of the pests from her property. The gophers. Of course. I knew they were involved. Beatrice didn't even recognize Father with his beard. He meant nothing to her. He saw a picture of you at her place, his dummy, Reggie in human form. Well, it was all too much for him. In his madness, he took the dummy. Maybe in his adult mind to revive his career as a quist. But he didn't kidnap Beatrice. I did. You? But... but why? I thought that if he could have her in his life again... He could become whole. We could become a family again. But it's too late. He thinks you're Reggie. Come to life. Well, no more. This all ends tonight. When he sees Reggie dead, he'll know it's over. Oh, oh, oh Carmen. Oh, please. Please don't do this. Simon! How did you... Oh, my body may be old, but... My mind is strong. It's not too late to reconsider, my dear. You and your father have been good employees and good friends. You're both welcome to stay on with me. We'll start over. Move on to another town, maybe in Canada. I... I never meant to hurt anyone. I just... Sure, sure. I just, just put the gun down on the table and, 
and we can all talk about this. I just wanted things to be normal again. Well, we're all packed up now, honey. Let's get... Hello, sir. Rock handy. No. No, you can't be real. Get away from me, Reggie, or I'll kill you again. Look out, Handy. He's got the gun. I'm... I'm shot. That bullet was meant for me. Alakazam! To me, miscreant! And now, I'm gone in a flash. Ah, that light! My eyes! My fist, your jaw. He's out cold. Simon. Oh, Simon. Oh, dear Carmen. Do not fear. The ghosts of your past have haunted you, but... I shall not. I do not blame you as I leave this mortal coil. Fate has finally caught up with me, but the rest of your story is yet to be told. No. You'll be okay. You must rest. Someone call an ambulance. Uh, I'm afraid it's too late for that, my dear. Mr. Handy, Mr. Drake, please come close. I I fear that I'm not long for this world. I I see in you both a, a spark of that fire that could burn away the prejudice and rancor of the past. (coughs) And indeed, turn to ash this misguided document that is the Oscillation Clause. You, sir, are an idealist. Magician and Quist need not live apart. Um, Imagine, if you can, a world where those two could work together, hand in hand, in peace. Well, Carmen, sounds like Buddy must have called the cops, just like I asked. They'll want to have a long talk with you and your dad. Let's take a little walk and keep your hands where I can see them. You're going to want to get some fresh air while you still can. of the mysterious Mr. Love was officially closed. Wrapped up nice and tight like a two-pound package of Polska kielbasa. Nicks and B were their old selves again. Drake brought them back around easily with a few snaps of his uncalloused fingers. Mr. Love, well, Mr. Love, on the other hand, had joined those lost souls he was so familiar with. He was a huckster, all right, and a swindler, but I guess a good guy in the end. Never did figure out why he kept crates of seabirds outside of his tent, though. Southbound West Coast train at track number four, now boarding. Just in time. That's your train, B. Uh, you sure you packed enough luggage? Ugh. I packed up all my backup dummies. Tinhorn Tommy, Gussie, Mr. Fibbers... Golly, I'm sure glad you didn't pack me away. I do love train rides. Sure good to see Sally Fifth again. Whatever happened to Mr. Love's creepy dummy, Billy? I dropped him off at the Whomsoever Puppet Orphanage. The sisters there will find him a good home. So, did you really carve a dummy for Anzo that looked just like Rock? I started carving Reggie back when Rock and I were together. Well, that must have been some dummy. Rock and I had just, well, we grew apart. That's when she met Anzo. He was a nice man back then. Rich, attractive, recently single, and oh, so excited about ventriloquism. Reggie reminded me too much of Rock, so I decided to give him to Anzo. That poor, poor man. If I had known how much tragedy that dummy would bring him... Oh, it's not your fault, B. 
So, you really didn't recognize Anzo when you hired him as a handyman? His appearance was just so different with that wild facial hair and those ragged clothes. Oh, that beard. He must have left his work boot behind as an excuse to return, and then when he did, he found Sally. That fella wasn't right, like I always say. Ventriloquists are like left-handed pitchers. They all got a screw loose. Besides, I think he thought I looked like you, B. Funny. I guess you do look a bit like me. I do hope he'll be all right. He was so gentle when I knew him. I talked to Police Chief Blonson. They're sending Anzo to that hospital upstate, St. Mortimer's. They specialize in recovering quists. Puppet shock, lip lock, things like that. What about his daughter, Carmen? That's another story. I did put in a good word for her, but... Kidnapping and fraud are a hard rap to beat. I don't think we'll be seeing her again for quite some time. Speaking of which, uh, when will we see you again, Beatrice? I... I won't be returning. Not anytime soon, anyway. Yep, we're through with Lodge Neck. Oh, I see. Well, where will you go? South America. I've always wanted to travel unwell. The ventriloquism business is just becoming too dangerous. Now boarding Southern Pacific West Coast train, track number four. All aboard! So long, B. It sure was swell to see you again. I guess memories are best left in the uh, in the past sometimes. Whenever I see a big uh, veranda, I'll think of you. Send me a postcard or something, will you? Maybe I will. Goodbye, Rocky. And goodbye, Nix. I'm sorry I never got a chance to hear your singing. Well, uh, let me call you sweetheart is one of my favorites. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, uh, a major. Uh, me, 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 me. <coughs> me, 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 me. <coughs> me, 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 me. I, I better I better get going. Uh, goodbye. Mm, again. Me, 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 me. <coughs> oh. Oh. Uh, goodbye. Uh, uh, bon voyage. Oh, or, or should I say adios? Uh, adios. Oh. Hey, Rock, I just realized something. Uh, kind of funny that Beatrice's last name is Carver. Yeah, how's that? Well, being that she carves dummies for a living. You know, Carver. You know, you sure think about names a lot. Extra, extra, get hey, your special edition buddy. copy of the Daily Flume. I'll take one of those. I'll take one of those, buddy. Uh, goodbye. 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 Goodbye, my Coney Island baby. Oh, of all the... Stop busting my chops, Rock. Okay, I get it. You don't like my singing, but you don't have to rub it in. Besides, I'm no longer welcome with the foreheads. Bobby fired me. Oh, why, that dirty rotten... Uh, it's okay, I I don't really blame him. He had no choice, really, after I missed all those rehearsals and our premiere performance. But in the end, it had nothing to do with me, really. Uh, Bobby said the main reason was they'd feel more successful as a barbershop trio. This is unbelievable. Well, they say it's all the rage now. Say, Rock, what? why the long face? Ah, I knew it! You are still carrying a torch for her. Take a look at this. Front page of the Daily Flume, no less. Huh? Oh, all right. Courageous Conjurer Captures Criminals. Dateline Blister Flats, Unincorporated Plutwalk County. Professional magician and part-time detective Roddy Drake III poses for photographs after single-handedly breaking up kidnapping ring. That panty waist. Well, there's more. Oh, brother. 
The modest magician refused any reward for saving the lives of three people and claims he was, quote, just doing his duty when he was called in to take over for a local detective agency after they failed to produce results. Like I always say, partner, never trust a magician. Hmm. Well, unexpected ending. Buttery fish and peanuts were being served That's at this. That's what uh, Buddy Bozeman was saying, right? It sounds good to me, actually. I don't know why we don't have that already. You put or, butter on fish, right? Yeah, you put butter on fish, and then you just have like... So I imagine it's like smoked fish and a light buttery... It reminds me of fiddle-faddle. Did you ever have that growing up? Uh, yeah, but not with sardines. All right, so back into the story. You said you were surprised at the ending. There was an exposition dump at the end there that I wasn't following exactly. I often wonder about that. I've got some notes about that where it's a common element of a detective noir where the person confesses at the end right. here's what happened yeah. back five weeks ago when i when you thought this happened here's what really happened mm-hmm. and i don't know do you think maybe that they were just cranking out these episodes so much that like this was like oh, a yeah. first draft yeah is it important whether it's stick lather cream lotion salve powder Whatever. Does that matter? You're asking a really important question because when we were growing up, you only sprayed deodorant into your arms. And now it's like almost all stick. Those things are just changing. You know, maybe it started that you could only get powdered form. And then certain people are like, I'm not giving up my powder. You can have your stick and cream and your lather, but I'm I'm staying with powder. That makes sense. That's one of my favorite parts of the show. I I find it to be the most culturally interesting because it's more um, honest, the advertising. Window back in time. Yeah, they're they're addressing people's genuine fears. Fears of of stubble. Smelling bad, having stubble, not using the right product to get your odor or stubble off your Mm -hmm. person. And speaking of stubble, uh, it really was disturbing hearing him trying to rip that wig off of that dummy. I did feel the pain, like yeah. even though that they were, I guess once you commit to the idea that the puppet is talking to people, you have the puppet you sympathize with that react dummy. to the world, right. right? So you don't, you don't break the fourth wall mm. once your puppet's engaged. Right. And so if you're ripping the hair off of this puppet, which did not work. No, you couldn't get it Rock off. Rock was mis- mistaken. It wasn't Sally Fifth. No. Uh, wig glue. I wrote, is that a thing? Wig glue? Does that really exist? Because you don't like glue an, a wig down. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying something about an igloo. No, no. I okay. know those exist. It's okay. not politically correct anymore, but... Oh, you can't even use the word igloo no, anymore? You have to say ice house. Huh. Well, that's confusing because an ice house was a place where you just store ice, not a house made of ice. They have to change that now, too. But Sally Fifth was there at the end, right? Uh, yes. With Beatrice. With Beatrice. They're reunited. And she, she uh, went to South America instead of Canada. There's a lot of references to various parts of North America and South America being sort of like this utopia that you escaped to. Did you notice that? Huh. In this episode. Yeah. Maybe some uh, blacklisted writers were in there kind of sneaking that in there. Anti-U.S. sentiments. Wow. That's a deep inference. Well, I'm, I'm in a bad mood with that. You ready to leave the United bees States? Bees and the honey. Yeah. Do they have? They don't have bees in South America. I think they have fewer bees in Canada. Oh, is it Canada? I know one of those has less bees. Yeah. Fewer bees. What? So the other thing I was going to talk about was um, ventriloquism here is framed like an addiction. So the, the guy who's the lumberjack, pirate, one-legged, Interesting. industrialist, ex-ventriloquist. Uh-huh. Uh, he gets in, he gets in over his head and is introduced to this thing that kind of takes over his life and ruins it, right? And he's, he can't give it up and it ends to his demise and his family getting ruined and his daughter killing her mentor. I totally missed that. So listeners, please weigh in if you've ever yeah. experienced either heroin and right. or ventriloquism and you think we're onto something. Crystal meth. Anything. If you're an addict of anything, if you like drugs, if you deal drugs, and you're a fan of the show, write in, send us an email, send us your information, we'll get back to you. The part that I'm trying to get back to is 
in her exposition, she says she made the dummy to look like Rock Handy, like holding a torch for him as she carves a, a dummy that looks like, like catharsis. him. He's trying to work through her. It didn't make sense until I'm saying it out loud, but I would imagine that if you carved puppets for a, a profession hmm. and you were trying to process somebody leaving, a relationship ending, you would carve them and then have them explain what happened in the relationship and you get to say what you need to say to them and mm-hmm. they get to say what, what you think they think should the say. the first part I agree with, that whole acting it out part, that's just weird. Well, if you're a ventriloquist, that's oh, like yeah. that's second nature, right? I think a lot of these, and I say this with great love and tenderness towards the profession, but like, mm. you know, people are possibly carving out moms or dads or scolding teachers and they those become their... Oh, it could be, yeah. Their puppets are, are the voices that have been rattling around in their heads for years, yeah. right? All right, I think that's all of my notes. Yeah, I'm done. Well, I'm going to set an intention that the bees do not have any honey or any of their their hive on the vinyl for the left-handed quiz part uh, five because no. that is they better not. our most dedicated listeners know that we have been waiting for years on and off. Matt has showed it to me and then it disappears. Mm-hmm. And I know that those are just the ups and downs uh, of, of life. Yeah, I'm going to set an intention that we will get that episode in our hands, undamaged. Yeah. Don't set off any bombs until we do that, oh, please. Oh, it's coming. Those bees are going to get it. <clears throat> All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this oh, has been Puppet Hunt, Hunt Radio with Matt and Lane.